Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 154 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Hosea 1 and Hosea 14 today, and our focus is on how God calls back his people who have fallen away. So thank you for listening. I'll invite you to check out our website, Bible2021.com. You can subscribe to the show there, find some show notes, and send us a question or comment. And I want to start with a comment we received on episode 150 from our friend, Where What Ha. He says, regarding evil thoughts and ungodly thoughts, I have heard it said that we cannot prevent birds from flying over our heads, but we can prevent them from making nests in our hair. That's a fantastic metaphor. Thank you for that. Where, what, huh? Meaning, of course, that uh, we might have some transient evil or temptation type thoughts that uh, pass our mind from time to time, but we should prevent them from taking root there. All right, we're still in the Old Testament today, and we're breaking new ground on this year's podcast, reading not one, but two chapters of the Bible today. I hope we don't lose our license for this. We will be reading the first and last chapter of the book of Hosea. Now, they're both very short chapters, so uh, it won't take long. If you're not familiar with Hosea, he was a prophet that ministered right around the time that Israel, the northern kingdom, fell into the hands of the Assyrian Empire. The book of Hosea is a call to repent and a message of judgment, but it ends with great hope and a promise of restoration for Israel after their captivity. Now, at least two interesting things about Hosea. Number one, it is the source of the metaphor you might have heard before, sow to the wind and reap the whirlwind, which means you reap what you sow, especially if you engage in sinful behavior, reject God, or something along those lines. In other words, you will receive negative consequences for your actions. Number two, God calls the prophet Hosea to marry a woman that is unfaithful named Gomer. Uh, she apparently might be a prostitute or a prostitute adjacent kind of person. Now, Gomer ends up having three children in the book of Hosea. The first is named Jezreel, and uh, that child, a, a boy, symbolizes all of the bloodshed done by the kings of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. The second child is a daughter. But the text doesn't connect that child to Hosea, so it's possible she was uh, fathered by another man. Her name is Lo Ruhema, which in Hebrew means not pitied, and it symbolizes that God will cease, at least for a time, showing compassion to Israel and will allow the nation to go into captivity, which happened shortly after the book of Hosea was written. The third child mentioned, also a daughter, and also maybe not Hosea's daughter, but Gomer's daughter, is is named Lo-Ami, which means not my people, and signifies that the nation of Israel would not be God's special people for a time as they go through captivity. Well, let's go ahead and read the first chapter now. This is Hosea chapter 1, the word of the Lord that came to Hosea, son of Beeri, during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and Jeroboam, son of Jehoash, king of Israel. When the Lord first spoke to Hosea, he said this to him, Go and marry a woman of promiscuity and have children of promiscuity, for the land is committing blatant acts of promiscuity by abandoning the Lord. So he went and married Gomer, daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. Then the Lord said to him, 
Name him Jezreel, for in a little while I will bring the bloodshed of Jezreel in the house of Jehu and put an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. On that day I will break the bow of Israel in Jezreel Valley. She conceived again and gave birth to a daughter, and the Lord said to him, Name her Lo-Ruhamah, for I will no longer have compassion on the house of Israel. I will certainly take them away, but I will have compassion on the house of Judah, and I will deliver them by the Lord their God. I will not deliver them by bow, sword, or war, or by horses and cavalry. After Gomer had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, she conceived and gave birth to a son. Then the Lord said, Name him Lo-Ami, for you are not my people, and I will not be your God. Yet the number of the Israelites will be like the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or counted. And in the place where they were told, You are not my people, they will be called sons of the living God. And the Judeans and the Israelites will be gathered together. They will appoint for themselves a single ruler and go up from the land. For the day of Jezreel will be great. So this is a chapter, a pattern that we see all throughout the Old Testament. God speaks to his people through verbal metaphors, visual metaphors, and in this case, real life tangible metaphors. And when Jesus comes on in the scene in the New Testament, he is a master using metaphors and these kinds of illustrations to plainly and clearly communicate God's commands and his love for his people in a way that normal everyday farmers and fishermen and people like that can understand. Well, let's read our final chapter. This is Hosea chapter 14, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Israel, return to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled in your iniquity. Take words of repentance with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all our iniquity and accept what is good so that we may repay you with praise from our lips. Assyria will not save us. We will not ride on horses and we will no longer proclaim our gods to the work of our hands. For the fatherless receives compassion in you. I will heal their apostasy. I will freely love them, for my anger will have turned from him. I will be like the dew to Israel. He will blossom like the lily and take root like the cedars of Lebanon. His new branches will spread and his splendor will be like the olive tree. His fragrance like the forest of Lebanon. The people will return and live beneath his shade. They will grow grain and blossom like the vine. His renown will be like the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim, why should I have anything more to do with idols? It is I who answer and watch over him. I am like a flourishing pine tree. Your fruit comes from me. Let whoever is wise understand these things, and whoever is insightful recognize them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. So wonderful first verse and middle verse and last verse we see here in Hosea chapter 14. It says, Israel, return to the Lord your God, for you've stumbled in your iniquity. Take words of repentance with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all our iniquity and accept what is good. It's a great call to the people of Israel to come back to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. And then in the final verse, It's a challenge. Let whoever is wise understand these things and whoever is insightful recognize them. For the ways of the Lord are right and the righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. In other words, God's ways are good for those who have a heart set on righteousness and God's ways are a stumbling block for those who have a heart set on rebellion. And right in the middle there, we have this great promise from God that Israel will have a new heart 
and that God will heal their rebellious nature. He says, I will heal their apostasy. I will freely love them. So you get this sense in the book of Hosea, God's people are about to be taken away, and they are. It happens shortly, uh, within a few decades of the book being written. They're taken away into captivity and endure years of away from their homeland and, and just bas- basically the devastation of uh, the northern kingdom, Israel and Samaria. But then there's a promise in there that God is going to restore them. He's going to reunite the kingdoms and raise up one king over them. And uh, that hasn't happened yet, uh, I don't think, in full fulfillment of Hosea's prophecy. So that is something we have to look forward to. Well, Spurgeon takes this last verse, this call to repentance, and he turns it into a call to return to God for all and anybody who have slid away from him. So if you hear this and you find yourself in a place where you're further away from God than you have been in the past, listen to these words of Spurgeon. Fallen into sorrow, fallen into shame, fallen into spiritual poverty, fallen into weakness of faith, fallen almost to destruction. Though you are Israel and God loves you, yet you have fallen into your sin. And the only possible way in which you can obtain restoration is to, quote, return unto the Lord your God. Seek again your father's face. Cry aloud with the prodigal son, I will arise and go to my father. O Israel, return to the Lord your God. You may do so, for he bids you to come back to him. You must do so, for it was wrong of you to wander from him, so end your wandering and return to him. Return unto the Lord your God. He is still your God. He does not disavow the sacred band which binds you to him. Though you have forsaken him, yet he still bids you to think of him, not as a stranger, but as your God. O child of God, are you just now very heavy in heart because you've fallen away? Is the lamp of spirituality in your life burning low? Do you feel like you are in a state of spiritual barrenness? Then return, return at once unto the Lord your God, for your soul condition is due to your iniquity. And I would add, He will receive you back like the father received his prodigal son. Well, let's close with our Bible memory verse for the month of June. Daniel 6.23, the king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the den of lions. When Daniel was brought up from the den, he was found to be unharmed for he trusted in his God. Amen and amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.